Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast, where every Friday, me, Chris Raybon, and my co-host, Sean Turner, speak to everyone out there clocking those late-night DFS hours as we break down the primetime DFS slates. We got the wild card weekend, so we're doing it a little different. We'll do the Saturday slate on this show, uh, and we'll do the Monday night football game uh, between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Sean, what's going on? What's up? I am super pumped for this slate. We're going to be able to watch this together uh, with the rest of the action crew in New York this weekend. So can't wait. Oh, yeah. Should be fun. Uh, back in New York again. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a really cool slate because mm-hmm. you have some like weird quarterback <laughs> situations going on. But I mean, for DFS, I think that kind of it, yeah. it creates more uncertainty. So uh let's jump right into it speaking of which we got the saturday slate and we got the seahawks at the niners the niners are favored by ten and a half to total actually no the niners are favored by nine and a half as we oh dropped yeah yeah it's around i mean it's around nine and a half ten depending what book but uh the total 42 and a half and we could see some rain good chance of rain actually and then got jags and chargers 47 and a half is a total the Jags are home underdogs by a point and a half. So even the, the Saturday slate, I think, is pretty interesting. Uh, let's start at quarterback. What uh, what stands out to you at the quarterback position? Yeah, so obviously, you know, Herbert's the top option. Uh, I think he'll be pretty chalky. Lawrence is obviously the best value. He's only 5,700. Um, and, you know, after he had that best stretch of his career uh, from, what, weeks like eight through 14, I want to say. Uh, I mean, he's really slowed down the past three games. I think, uh, you know, this toe injury seems like it's a pretty nagging one. So that could be the culprit. I, I do think he bounces back here. Um, and there's a ton of stacking options. So he's probably the best overall play. But like you said, I think just given the uncertainty with this San Francisco weather, like we could see a ton of rain. 
I think Brock Purdy could be sneaky in GPPs just because, you know, he still has Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, who are really good after the catch. So he could still rack up some yards, you know, giving them dump off passes. So I think even in the rain, he could have a pretty big game for a two game slate anyway. So I think Purdy could end up being the best value. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, I think definitely GPP value. Purdy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not not Purdy. cash games certainly. Uh, cash games. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Lawrence for me in cash games, just based yeah. on my projections. Uh, he tops. Yeah. But uh, yeah, certainly Purdy. And then Geno Smith is kind of just there. I mean, you don't really want to go against this Niner defense. Uh, he would probably be the lowest rostered. So, you know, on a four yeah. slate, that is worth something. But uh, it's going to, you're going to need to stack him with, you know, McCaffrey, a bunch of Niners, because essentially what's probably going to have to happen is he's going to have to be in a massive comeback kind of game script yep. to be the top quarterback uh, on the slate. All right, let's jump to running back. Uh, what are you looking at there? Well, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is worth every single penny at 8,500. Um, you know, I bet the Niners do lean on him heavily. This week gets the playoffs. So, you know, they've been kind of limiting his usage the past couple games, but uh, I see no reason they don't unleash him here. Um, plus, you know, Seattle's defense uh, ranks last in EPA per run play since week 10. So this is just a great matchup on the ground. Plus, Christian McCaffrey thrives against, uh, you know, zone coverage. So Seattle's a zone-heavy team. It's a great spot for McCaffrey. Obviously, he's going to be very highly rostered. Uh, I think both backups in this game are sneaky. Um, Elijah Mitchell is probably... Um, you know, more obvious. He's only 4,700. He eased back into action last week with five rush attempts for 55 yards and two touchdowns. So he's going to be the clear number two back now. Could see a ton of work in the second half if the Niners get up big. Um, and I think DJ Dallas is kind of sneaky at 4,200. Um, obviously, you know, Travis Homer's on the IR right now. So he's the clear backup to Kenneth Walker right now. But they've been using this Wildcat formation with DJ um, last game specifically. And he broke off a 27-yard run. I could see them just using that formation a little bit more in this game. It's going to be an uphill battle against the Niners. So they might try to do something creative. So considering he's taking those snaps, I think he's a sneaky option in GPPs. And, you know, if it's going to be, you know, really rain heavy kind of game, uh, both teams are going to have to lean on the run. So that just leaves more potential volume for someone like Dallas. So on a two game slate, he's worth, you know, just at least one flyer, at least in GPPs here. Yeah. I, I wonder if, you think people are probably going to – I would think people are probably going to go, like, studs and scrubs at running back, right, because you have McCaffrey and you have Eckler and then you have Mitchell down bottom and you have Dallas, like you said. So I actually yeah. like ETN and Kenneth Walker kind of right smack dab right. in the middle. Both of them are great values. And because of the way the slate kind of shakes out with these studs and these, you know, guys that you could consider playing – for value, I think they won't be like massively rostered uh, on this slate. So I actually like both of those guys. You know, obviously ETN uh, is has is, has the great matchup against the Chargers, who are one of the worst run defenses in the league. And then Walker, I mean, this guy just you know they're gonna feed him. This is the playoffs. They you know they're going against a tough defense. They have to kind of shorten the game, even though uh, San Francisco starting a third string quarterback because San Francisco's still been so explosive. So. Uh, I think Walker is a good candidate to get, you know, 20 plus touches, even in a, a trailing game script. So uh, I like ETN and Walker that I'll, I'm going to be doubling up on them a lot, actually. And, uh, and fading like McCaffrey, Eckler mm -hmm. and, and those guys and try to build lineups that way. Cause I think you get a little bit lower uh, roster ship that way than, than the other way around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is a two game slate. So it's essentially like a showdown slate where you have to yep. do something crazy. 
Um, I think Jermichael Hasty is in that price range where he, his roster ship is probably going to be, I don't know, below, what, 5% on a two-game slate. So at 4,600, he's also sneaky. I mentioned him on our projections pod where he's been eating into ETN's receiving usage mm-hmm. quite a bit. So if if you do build a lineup with, you know, the Jaguars trailing, like trailing game script, I should say, um, he could rack up, you know, three, four catches here. Uh, might only see a handful of rush attempts, but the Chargers defense is so bad against the run game. He could hit value. Uh, and at 4,600, he's sort of in no man's land. Uh, I mean, he's like the same price as Elijah Mitchell, who I think will be highly rostered. So um, Hasty is definitely a dart throw in GPPs, in my opinion. Yeah, I like I like the pivot uh, off Mitchell mm-hmm. to Hasty, especially on DraftKings when you're getting yeah. uh, PPR value yeah. anyway, because Mitchell, you know, if he doesn't score a touchdown, let's say he gets – you know, 10 to 12 carries, but doesn't score a touchdown, probably getting, you know, six to eight points. All right, let's jump to wide receiver. Uh, who do you like a wide receiver? Well, I mean, first off, Debo does stick out at 5,700. He's just way too cheap at that price. This is the playoffs. So, you know, they're going to feed him the ball. Um, even if there is heavy rain, uh, it shouldn't impact him too much because, you know, they, they have ways to get the ball in his hands, whether that's design rush attempts, whether that's just a screen pass or just getting him – a dump off, like they will get the ball in his hand. So he's way too cheap at 5,700. He also thrives against zone heavy teams like Seattle. Zay Jones, uh, as always, is way too cheap. He's 4,300. Now he's been in a three game slump, um, but that that just kind of correlates with Trevor Lawrence being in a slump as well. Um, so if Lawrence bounces back with a good game here, which I don't see why he shouldn't, uh, Zay Jones will just be a massive value at 4,300. He went for uh, 10 catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown on these uh, two teams met back in week four um, as well. But I think the sneaky play would be Marvin Jones at 3,400. He's sort of the forgotten man in the Jags offense. Uh, but he's been quietly heating up, at least in terms of underlying usage. He's um, seen a target on 22% of his routes run the past four games. Um, and he could actually see an uptick in usage if Jamal Agnew is unable to play through his shoulder injury. So I think Marvin Jones, while he's typically a guy I just ignore, um, in this offense on a two game slate, I think he's certainly in play. Yeah, he's giving you a ton of routes for that price. Yep. Uh, down here. So, yeah, don't mind him at all. I think, you know, true dart throw, but, you know, Seattle has to have somebody <laughs> line up at their number three wide receiver. And yep. in the last couple of games, it's been Cade Johnson. Uh, he kind of took over that role last week uh, and he's been elevated twice in a row. Now, he could be elevated again. If he is, I think he's interesting at min price just because, you know, you could see Seattle go down big and they may have to go away from that two tight end look, you know, late in the game. They might have to go three, four wide, just, you know, kind of comeback game script, uh, two minute drill kind of thing. So if that's the case, uh, you could get some cheap catches uh, out of Cade Johnson and he'd obviously be the guy the defense would ignore. So, uh, but if not, if, if it's not, if he doesn't get called up, it'll probably be, uh, Fredwell or or Penny or Penny Hart or Derek Young, which I'm not quite as interested in because I don't think we would know which of those guys would be the uh the, the, the wide receiver three. But if it's Johnson, if Johnson gets called up again, that probably means he's gonna take that that number three wide receiver role uh yet again. Yeah, no, I like that call. Um averaging around a 50% routes run rate uh the past two games. It'll be either Johnson or Treadwell, I would imagine. So mm-hmm. just depending on who that is, definitely obviously we're not playing them in cash. It's a two-game slate anyway. I don't know you'd be playing cash, but certainly worth it uh, in GPPs. Both players are 3K. Um, and I, I doubt people will be, you know, investing in the either passing game too heavily because of the rain. So that's just another reason why he, he'll be pretty sneaky here. 
Yeah, yeah. You, it's just you're literally praying for like the, the comeback. That's <laughs> yeah. <it>. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're not expecting anything else. Uh, but uh, and then you know you also have Juwan Jennings down there. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll be kind of overlooked. Uh, you know he's pretty decent against zone coverage, one point eight yards per route against zone, and uh, he's gonna be in the game because they love his blocking. As I always say this, they like, even with Debo back, Jennings you could still count on him about fifty percent of the routes. He's going to be in the game, you know, third downs, things like that. So uh, don't overlook him uh, on this two-game slate either. And just uh, looking at the top, uh, Keen Allen, 7K. I know we both love him. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think his roster ship will be? Like, uh, just based on you, – you said people probably have the stars and scrub approach. Is he part of that? Or will people be, you know, just targeting mm-hmm. like Debo, Zay Jones, like the guys we mentioned? Um, do you think Keenan's roster ship will be a little too low? Because – I mean, he just has massive upside, especially on a site like DK. I don't think it'll be too low, uh, but he is 800 more than the second highest priced receiver. So, yeah. I mean, you could maybe see a little bit of a discount on that, but it's easy enough to get him in at 7K. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't foresee a ton of – but, I mean, either way, I think he's a top receiver. Yeah. Uh, on yeah. a site, like, even – like, you know, my projection for Debo this week, even though I, I do like him – I think he's like my wide receiver 13 on overall on the overall slate, you know? So it's like, he's not really, like he's got some downside and Metcalf too. Metcalf's my wide receiver 12. Uh, yeah. So some of those guys who, you know, they look like, okay, these are short thing guys. Uh, they're actually, they have some downside, especially in this kind of, you know, could be raining mm-hmm. whatnot. So um, yeah, I think Allen, he's kind of locked in as a top five guy. So uh, I, I do think he's worth paying up for. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's close it out with, Tight end, what do you like at the tight end position? <laughs> well, another Jaguar that seems mispriced, but Evan Ingram, he's just way too cheap at 4,200. And, you know, typical Evan Ingram fashion, he just had that amazing four-game stretch uh, for weeks 13 to 16, and then he posted back-to-back duds. Um, but that's what you get with him. He just has a wide range of outcomes. So I think on the two-game slate, we certainly want to tap into his just massive upside uh, on the two-game slate. So he's, he's obviously worth that 4,200, but I think, by far the best cheap option on this slate is Colby Parkinson at min price. Um, I mean, he's been splitting time with Noah Fant ever since Will Disley was placed on IR. Uh, he's posted back-to-back good games, five catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Last week, two catches for 47 yards. Um, and Fant was unable to practice due to his knee injury uh, on Tuesday. So there's a, there's a chance Parkinson has a bigger role here. So um, despite the tough matchup against San Francisco, obviously, um, I, I do like Parkinson at this price point on two games. Like, I don't know if enough people are aware of him right now. So his roster ship might not be too bad. Uh, but either way, he's certainly worth every penny right now at uh, 2,500. Yeah, just going to go win his game like 31 nothing, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like, Jesus. Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> guys are all banged up. And like, it's just yeah. third time they're playing. It's just like, geez. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I like Parkinson as well. Uh, I think. An interesting guy that'll be forgotten about, or probably people would just be down on him, is Gerald Everett. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he has been losing snaps to, I don't even know Parhams and uh, like he's just not stone playing as smart. Much. Yeah, stone smart. He's not <laughs> playing as many snaps as he was right as he was earlier <laughs> in the year. Um, uh, but it's he's only down about five ten percent, still running around about 60 percent of the time. And this Jaguar D. 32nd in DVOA against tight ends. I think I mentioned that last week, and sure mm-hmm. enough, you know, Josh Dobbs, like that, his one uh, touchdown pass, Chigo Conquo, like just, uh, you know, running down the uh, the sideline uh, uh, wide open, like 
three yards of separation. So, you know, Gerald Everett, this is a playoff game. Maybe his routes ticked back up. You know, maybe they were kind of, uh, you know, letting him get some rest there leading up to the playoffs. But either way, even if he's running route, you know, 60% of the time, I mean, that's not much worse than like, that's like in the Parkinson territory uh, anyway. But uh, I think, you know, we, connected to Justin Herbert, especially, who's the highest upside quarterback on this slate. Uh, like Everett still has two touchdown upside, especially against this defense. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on Everett in this spot. No, yeah, I love that, Cole. I, I wrote that up in my player prop guide. Um, we, we don't have any props up, of course, for, you know, the Chargers pass catchers yet. But I was saying Everett has sneaky upside because, you know, he's been averaging 57% routes on rate uh, over the past five games. He, he came back due to injury. Um, and I think the Chargers have been limiting him. So, mm-hmm. you know, with the playoffs, I could cert- I think they, they do like Donald Parham. So I think he does maintain, you know, 35% routes run share but um i i see no reason why they would keep running trey mckinney and stone smart as much as they have so i would not be shocked if we see everett jump up to like a 70 percent routes run rate because it is the playoffs so yeah i think he does have a ton of upside in the slate who's your favorite non-49er defense <laughs> my favorite not um it's got to be i mean that's tough it's got to be the chargers just because lawrence has been a little shaky lately um so I'll go, I'll go with them. Plus, you know, they got Joey Bosa back. So they have Bosa and Mac, uh, both healthy right now. The Jags offensive line has been pretty shaky since Cam Robinson went down. So yeah, I got to go with the chargers here. I, I, Jacksonville. I got him. T- so I got him tied in my projections. Um, mm, that's like, close. And I mean, like it's yeah. defenses. So they're just, they're not, it's not like we're like a lot scoring a lot of points here, but yeah, the fact that the Chargers aren't like way ahead of the Jaguars, despite like you said, they do have uh, Bosa. But, you know, the thing is, both of these quarterbacks don't really take that many sacks either way. So that mm-hmm. that's why it's tough with them. Um, definitely don't want Seattle. Although Seattle's only .2 behind them in my projection. So, I mean, it, like, you could actually just go Seattle and pray. Yeah. Pray, pray Purdy, uh, you know, finally makes a mistake or two. Um, so, Which yeah. Which could happen in the rain. Yeah. So, yeah, Seattle could be sneaky. I mean, think about it. If, you know – like remember Jimmy G, you know, he would play really well, but sometimes he would just, you know, get like the fumbles or throw a pick or two. Like we could easily see Purdy do that. So yeah. I wouldn't actually mind playing Seattle because they are the cheapest. And yeah, I'm looking at it now. Uh, I have 5.1 points for Jacksonville, 5.1 for the Chargers and 4.9 for Seattle. So it's essentially a dead even split. You might as well go with the cheapest one. Yeah, yeah, and Purdy, he's been really good, uh, not to take anything away, but he has had a couple interceptions that were dropped. Uh, one mm-hmm. of them came against the Seahawks when Quandre Diggs dropped just an easy pass to him. So, yeah, you know, Purdy's due to have one of these mistakes backfire, uh, but he's similar in Jimmy G where, you know, one or two uh, shots a game, he's going to have a turnover-worthy play. But, uh, yeah, I think just given the two-game slate, I, Seattle does make sense as dark throw. Yeah, you could stack him with Walker or something like that. Too. Yeah. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, let's jump to the Monday night football slate. We got the Cowboys at the Bucks. The Cowboys are favored by two and a half on the road, the total 45 and a half. Uh, who do you like in the captain spot? Uh, have to go with playoff Lenny here. So I'm going with Leonard Fournette. Um, and, you know, he he only played three snaps last week. So I have to imagine it's because, um, you know, they anticipate a big workload for him um, in the playoffs. So uh, he's been dealing with various injuries, you know, pretty much all season, especially of lately. So having a semi-bye week um, should, you know, have him fresh and ready to go here. Uh, and, you know, rookie Rashad White is definitely eating into his workload more than any other back. Uh, the past few seasons with Tampa Bay. So I think, um, you know, his roster ship will be a bit lower, especially in the captain slot. So I think he's sneaky here, but I think they do lean on the veteran here in the playoffs and at least in goal line situations and passing down. So I think Fournette has a good shot to get, you know, four or five, potentially more receptions um, in this game script. So I like going with uh, playoff Lenny here. Yeah, I mean, of course he does. Like, what is, what is Tom Brady going to do? Like, throw a deep? <laughs> He's gonna, Tom right, Brady, true. <laughs> especially, like, Dallas is what, number one in pressure, I believe? Uh, so that's... Uh, I don't know if they're number one, but definitely top three. I think they're one or two. Let's see. Dallas. Yeah, number two. Number two. Who's number one now? Let's see. Oh, the Eagles. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so Dallas is number two in pressure. Uh, that means Tom Brady's going to get the ball out of his hands very quickly. So, I, yeah, I would anticipate a ton of dump-offs to the running back. Yeah, they they are getting Ryan Jensen back this week, though, if I'm not mistaken. I know he's been back at practice, but if they get him back, that's massive. So maybe Brady will have just a little bit more time to throw. Uh, but, but either way, yeah, I, I think we're going to see plenty of dump-offs to Fournette. Uh, I'm going with Chris Godwin. I really like him for this, kind of the same reasons. You know, he's there, one of their underneath guys. You know, he's going to catch – five, six balls at minimum. He's actually caught six or more passes in 13 uh, of his 15 games this year. So he's pretty much a lock to put, to give, to put up double digit points. And then the Cowboys have given up 22 of their 23 receiving touchdowns, two wide receivers, pretty much nothing to tight ends and nothing to running backs. So, uh, you know, Godwin hasn't been a big TD guy here, but you know, Tampa Bay is going to win the game. <laughs> Or at least you know try to win, be in position to win the game. They're gonna have to score a couple of touchdowns here. Uh, I don't, I don't expect them to get you know straight up shut out or anything like that. So I think Godwin's a good bet for a touchdown here, especially because running the ball, Tampa Bay just doesn't tend to get a lot of rushing touchdowns, just because they're uh, you know I mean that could change with Jensen as you mm -hmm. mentioned, but yeah, uh, just to this top as we've like to to uh, to date, it has not been. Uh, good in terms of the rushing touchdown. So I think Godwin's a good TD bet, and I think he's got a high floor, high ceiling yeah. kind of combination here. And if Tampa Bay is down, which they're underdogs, they're down late in the game. Uh, you're going to see him. He could, he could get he could explode. He could have like ten catches, 150 yards, something like that. So uh, really like Godwin in the captain spot. Yeah, no, he's just always uh, great playing the captain spot. He's had five or more receptions since um, week four. Yeah. 
which is when he actually started playing this year. So that's crazy. And yeah, like he didn't have a touchdown until week nine. And I think we were just saying like, he's obviously due for positive touchdown regression and he's scored three since then. So he, he's starting to find the end zone more, but yeah, just has probably the easiest path um, to a ceiling game here. So yeah, I love the call. Uh, who do you like for dark Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, they're okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if we can consider Kate Otten a dart throw, but I'm yeah, going Yeah, he's pretty cheap. Him. He's like, I think Oh, okay. Like, All right. Well, I'd rather talk about him and someone like Coquith anyway. Uh, but, you know, just worth pointing out that Kate Otten, he only ran her out on 24% of dropbacks last week. It was um, Cam Brate who saw the most snaps. But I think that just goes to show that they consider KDOT in their true number one tight end. They have been acting that way for close to two months now. Um, so I think he does bounce back to like an 80, 85% routes run right here um, and could have a big game uh, with that underlying usage. And we have to remember, he's only a rookie. So he's only going to get better as he has more experience. Um, so while he hasn't had that many, you know, massive games this year, that, that could happen at any given moment. Um, so love Otten on the slate. Uh, and then, you know, on Dallas's side, it's pretty obvious. Got to go T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, he's seen his routes run rate climb in each of the past three games, um, which is expected. Uh, but it was all the way up to 38% last game. So he could be in the 40 to 50% um, range here. And he's getting targeted at a very high rate. He's been targeted on 28.5% of his routes run, which is pretty high for a guy that sees mainly deep balls. So with an eight out of 17.1 and seeing consistent targets, I mean, he is a must play on a showdown site like this. He can, he can break it with just a couple of catches. Uh, so I love taking T.Y. Hilton here. Yeah. I love Hilton as well. And he's been playing very well against zone coverage and that's uh, what Tampa Bay does at the highest rate in the league. Hilton's averaging over six yards per route <laughs> against zone coverage, but that's probably just one catch for, yeah, no, it's, it's, he's got a couple, <laughs> but uh, it just goes to show he's yeah. he is playing well. Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? I will go with on the Buck side, Julio Jones. Uh, if you know, I think he's gonna play. They held him out last <laughs> week, but you know, this is the kind of slate where you know you're gonna look at Julio and say, ah, oh, whatever. This guy is like he's banged up, he's washed. But at the end of the day, he's seen 26 of his 43 targets when trailing, and you know it's do or die for Tampa Bay. They're they're underdogs at home. And I, I don't think they're just going to be leading the whole game or anything like that. I do think at some point they're going to have to throw. So uh, mm -hmm. Julio could just pop up for, you know, it could be one drive and Julio could get you all the points you need. Uh, so uh, like him. And then on the other side, got to go with Noah Brown. I mean, you know, I love T.Y., but Noah Brown's cheaper now than T.Y. And he wow. still projects <laughs> to run more routes. So, you know, again, it's going to be it's just going to be kind of a roster ship thing where I'm sure mm -hmm. T.Y. is going to be. Uh, more highly owned because it, it just makes sense. He's, he, you know, he's projects for more upside, but Noah Brown still is going to, uh, should run more routes. I mean, he's been doing that every game. He's been in, you know, the seventies at, at minimum. And uh, I think his roster ship would be very well. So he's a pretty good leverage play uh, or not. I mean, I'm not just T.Y., but pretty much all the Cowboys receivers, you know, Schultz, CD Lamb, who I think, you know, could struggle, struggled last time these two teams met up. So uh, yeah, Noah Brown, Julio Jones, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I love how pretty much anytime we talk about uh, Julio Jones, the first thing we have to say is, I, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to uh, play. I think yeah. he's going to play. Who, who knows? Um, one thing with Dallas, they, so they cut um, James Washington, right? He, yep. Where did he end up? Uh, the Giants? I, I don't know. I think Maybe. he ended up with the Giants. He ended Washington? up with a team. <laughs> I didn't he know he ended up, up anywhere, where, to be honest. I, I was like, we might have to pay attention to where he, 
He ended up. I think it was the Giants. Nah, um, he, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They just signed the him a couple okay. hours ago. They they worked him out yesterday. Okay. Yeah, I mean, what is he? He gonna take over the Kenny Galladay role? Like, I, Kenny Galladay looked pretty good last week, so I don't even know if he could do that. But um, yeah, it, I yeah, I just know. noticed that. Uh, and John Ross to the Chiefs. Some some good <laughs> underlying moves. Uh, John, lately. Oh, the old school giant. John Ross was on the yeah, Giants. Yeah, he got a touchdown last year. Do we have any fullbacks here? You know, we're we're doing our best to to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Make fullbacks great again. Co-keefed. I mean, Coquiefed. Yeah, Coquiefed. But- I mean, the Cowboys do have like seven tight ends. Um, it seems like Ferguson and Hendershot uh, get McEwen. a two. They got McEwen too. Yeah. I don't think it, does he have a touchdown this season? I, I don't. Know. I don't think I don't think ever shows up. But I mean, Ferguson and Hendershot seems like every other week one of those guys score. So. Um, you, uh, do you consider either one, one yeah, of those guys? Yeah, I like Ferguson. Uh, I like Ferguson. Yeah. He's playing a little bit ahead uh, of Hendershot, and he has better underlying metrics. Uh, I think his t- uh, targets per route is 21%, which is pretty good. So, yeah, Ferguson, I, I considered him over Noah Brown, but Noah Brown just projects to run like yeah. 10, 10 times as many routes. So uh, I, I went with him. But, yeah, Ferguson, 21% targets per, per route. It's just, you know, his routes have been in the 10 Five. Yeah, they man, they have been just leaning hard on Schultz uh, as they should. The past six games, he's averaging eighty-eight percent route turn rate. So all these guys are splitting, you know, just a few snaps. Um, that was obviously different week seven through twelve when um, Schultz had that PCL injury. We saw a lot more usage from these backup tight ends. But yeah, lately it's been uh, slim pickings. But either way, they're they're certainly you know vulture touchdown worthy sort of dark rows here. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, you know, on this slate, I think you've got to pay attention. Yeah. Especially because Tampa Bay plays so much zone that, you know, tight ends, running backs, guys like that could definitely hit. Uh, what do we got for the luck rankings? Yeah, this is the only luck ranking game of the weekend, but uh, Dallas is the second ranked team in our luck rankings and Tampa Bay is 19th. Um, so that's a luck ranking differential of 17. Um, and I do, I, I do like Tampa Bay at, um, plus three. I don't think it's up to plus three and a half. Right. But no. uh, I, I do think Tampa Bay at plus three, you got Tom Brady at home in the playoffs at plus three, uh, Tampa Bay's, uh, overall, like they're getting healthier. So I think there'll be a better team, um, starting now. Uh, so what do you think about this game in terms of just like game flow? I mean, it's all, it's at two and a half. Uh, so I don't even know. Oh, if it's down at two and a half. Yeah. I don't even know if it gets back to three. Um, you know, I, it's it's kind of tough to gauge because I feel like Dallas hunted last game, like even though everyone thought they were gonna yeah. play hard, and they kind of they've kind of been just saving it up for this. So they're gonna come out, they're probably gonna come out with a lot of energy. Um, you know, it, it, if Tampa Bay's line is 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 better, that's a major deal. So, uh, you know, I don't hate I don't hate Tampa Bay here. Uh, looks like the sharps are on Dallas for what it's worth, but. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't hate Tampa Bay at all. You know, it's just I, I wish the line gets back. To, I hope the line gets back to three, though. Like, yeah, if it, if it doesn't, it's kind of in a dead man spot where I probably can't go either way. But I think you know you could do like uh, you know maybe okay, the line gets better. You have your like you said, Fournette in the captain spot, uh, and go 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 with it that way. Bunch of Dallas uh, passing game players, maybe fade uh, Zeke and and and, and uh, Pollard or something like that. So there's definitely ways you can kind of capitalize on like a tampa bay mm-hmm. positive game flow because it's not out of the question i mean they are at home like you said tom brady in the playoffs so uh don't i don't doubt that i'm not counting them out at all 
All right, that's going to do it for the Wild Card Weekend Fancy Flex Night Shift Podcast. For more great fancy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full player projections episode out right now over on the Action Network podcast channel. And we got our fantasy preview episode right here on the Fancy Flex podcast channel. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our fantasy and betting content, as well as our up-to-date player projections, fantasyweb.com for our DFS tools and models. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker and me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Good luck this weekend. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.